Welcome to the podcast of Wiser, Women in Surgery at the Emory Residencies, where we share the careers and life stories of Emory surgeons across all specialties to recognize the diverse achievements happening right here at our own institution. Welcome back to the Wiser Podcast. I'm Emily Allard Phillips, and my co-host today is Anita Deshpande, PGY4 in the Emory ENT Residency. Residency can be full of jumping into new and unfamiliar scenarios, whether it's a new environment, new people, or just uncomfortable in foreign situations. Dr. Chen is no stranger to this. Um, I was born in Taiwan, and my family moved here when I was seven. And I didn't know a word of English at all when I started. And um, my parents have always instilled in me a very strong focus of diligence, hard work, doing what is genuine to us and um, sticking with our morals and our values. Dr. Jen recalls on the principles her parents raised her on and the words they shared when she faced obstacles. From an early age, it seems that when she was told she couldn't do something, she responded by showing that, in fact, she could. I remember being ridiculed a lot as a kid, being called all sorts of names, unflattering, racist names. And my parents, and particularly my mother, just saying, well, you know, you just have to work really hard, and soon you'll leave all these people in the dust. I went to University of Texas at Austin. Um, when I took my MCATs and I went to the pre-med counseling office to talk about applications, I remember the uh, advisor telling me, I don't know if you're going to get into medical school. So um, I was very upset, and my father told me, well, you know, apply. The worst they can say is no, and you lost out on the money. So I went ahead and applied, and I got into Hopkins. Dr. Chen's perseverance didn't stop here. She continues on to enter and conquer the remarkable field of otolaryngology. The American Medical Association places otolaryngology in the category of the seven most competitive medical specialties. Some programs offer only two residency spots and have over 200 applicants. I was thinking I wanted to do something in pediatrics, but I wasn't really sure. So I did pediatrics as my first rotation and really didn't like it. I knew I was going to do something surgical. So at Hopkins, I did a rotation cardiac surgery. And it was on that rotation that I learned about otolaryngology, ironically. Um, the PGY-1, who was on the cardiac surgery service, was actually an otolaryngology resident. And he told me, he said, Amy, you know, you don't want to do this field. You want to do otolaryngology. And I said, Oto what? I had no idea what it was. There was no exposure to it at all. Um, and I can't even say I did that well in head and neck anatomy <laughs> during anatomy class. So, um, But I said, okay, I'll try it. So I tried it, and I really liked it. So that's how I chose the field. Within the field of otolaryngology, several different fellowships exist that allow one to subspecialize even further. In addition to head and neck, oncologic surgery, and microvascular reconstruction, other fellowships include laryngology, pediatric otolaryngology, rhinology, facial plastic and reconstructive surgery, and others. Dr. Chen shares how she chose her fellowship of head and neck surgery. I just loved it. I loved head and neck. I just, it was something that just really spoke to me in terms of um, consultation about uh, difficult scenarios to navigate 
also lots of really interesting surgery and that's how I picked head and neck is also kind of by serendipity. Dr. Chen's love for her field is evident and inspiring. Dr. Chen is the founder and inaugural chair of Women in Head and Neck Surgery in the American Head and Neck Society. She also established the first Women in Otolaryngology group here at Emory. Mentorship and support is important for anyone involved in otolaryngology, but can be uniquely significant for women, as a study conducted in 2017 showed that at that time, only 14.5% of practicing otolaryngologists were women. In addition, Dr. Chen established a national mentorship program for head and neck surgeons for the American Head and Neck Society. This is the first mentoring program offered by any national otolaryngology society. I think that why I'm a strong advocate for mentorship is because I did not have that. So I do think that mentorship is very important, but I do think even more important than mentorship is sponsorship. And there's a big difference between mentorship and sponsorship. Sponsorship is when you actually pick up the phone and say, okay, Emily's a great candidate uh, for your residency program, please take her. Anita's a great candidate for your fellowship program, please take her. Um, you know, we have the person, the fellowship director and I have a relationship or have some acquaintance or something, and therefore my word means something to them. And so that's, that's sponsorships. I think women tend to be over-mentored and under-sponsored. I hope to do, like within our department, the reason why we started this women's group is more to, for um, camaraderie and fellowship and uh, getting to know each other, also sharing stories, no, not feeling isolated because so much of my training, and even now to some degree, I feel really isolated. I feel like no one really understands what I'm going through. And, and I think that that's really lonely and can be very, very hard. Anita Deshpande weighs in having experienced some of Dr. Chen's support as a resident in the Emory Otolaryngology Department. You mentioned feeling lonely and isolated, and I know, you know, our second year is pretty notoriously difficult, and I had a really hard time as a second year resident feeling isolated, lonely, totally burnt out, and you were the first person, I think, eight or nine months in the second year to tell me that those feelings were totally normal, and, you know, I was, you know, justified in feeling the way I was, and, you know, to reach out for help, because I, I didn't feel like I had anyone I could reach out to because I felt so isolated. So thank you for being that person for me. Dr. Chen's advocacy doesn't stop with residents or others in her field. She is a patient advocate, dedicating a lot of her time to research and efforts to develop patient-centered care. One of many meaningful results of Dr. Chen's research is the MD Anderson Dysphagia Inventory. The MD Anderson Dysphagia Inventory is a self-administered questionnaire that was designed with the goal of assessing dysphagia's effects on the quality of life of patients that have been diagnosed with head and neck cancer. My thesis um, was in designing the MD Anderson Dysphagia Inventory, which is a patient-reported outcomes for dysphagia, specifically for head and neck cancer patients. And uh, we did the whole validation and reliability testing of it. Um, and at first, it kind of sat on the shelf for many years. Nobody really used it all that much. But then everyone started using it. It's been translated into over a dozen languages it's used in multiple uh, cancer cooperative trials, both in North America and in Europe. And um, I'm really pleased and very proud of that, of that uh, question.
questionnaire because I think it really um, has impacted how we look at head and neck cancer treatment and what it does to our patients. As her career progressed, Dr. Chen continued to stick up for her patients. When she first started with her position at Emory, she noticed there was a problem. So when I came to Emory, there really was no multidisciplinary coordinated care. Um, people were very much in their silos. They were medical oncologists, radiation oncologists, and surgeons um, who were doing the care, and oftentimes patients would be shuffled in and out or shuffled outside of Emory to get their radiation or their chemo. It was, it was very disjointed. So she proposed a solution. Dr. Chen created and led the first ever multidisciplinary tumor conference at Emory. Everyone else was telling me, there's no way you're going to get it off the ground. Um, there's no one's going to come. And you have to remember, I was straight out of fellowship. I mean, I was a baby. I was like, I had no, no one respected me because why should they? I mean, you don't walk in with respect. It's, you have to earn it. And so who, who am I to tell everyone that what they've been practicing for the past 20 to 30 years is really not the way that we practice. Um, so I remember holding our first tumor conference and um, just not, very few people came. So it was pretty much me and Pat kind of talking to each other. <laughs> but then it became more, and we had, had it weekly. I, I did it the first one in October. So I was there two months and we had our first tumor conference. And then I started to think more about the patient side and um, how scary it can be. And I knew that there were other options that we could do. So we started uh, the first um, patient support group uh, at Emory. It's something that I would want for my family or want for me. And if it's good enough for me or my family, then I want it for my patients. Speaking of family, Dr. Chen is a mother to two daughters. She shares a bit about balancing a family with a busy surgical career. I remember thinking to myself, being a resident is way easier than being a new mom and trying to nurse and not having any milk and stressing out about it, which made it worse, and, and having this whole vision of what it was going to be like. Yeah, oh, yes, beautiful, you know, just cradling and just all this stuff and not none of that happening. Um, and then realizing that I had to go back to work in five weeks. But it was really wonderful. Um, I learned more. I don't think I'd be the person I am now without them. I think I learned more about life and how to deal with um, adversity and obstacles uh, by being with them and raising them than, than anyone else. I didn't ever want my children to be the excuse for why I couldn't show up at clinic, or I've never canceled a clinic because of children, I've never canceled an OR because of children, never ever missed an obligation with work. And, um, and I feel like that's because I didn't really feel like it could, it could be viewed as a, weak, as a weakness. Right. I think males tend to be perceived as being a good dad when they miss work to go be with their kid, but moms are a bad mom if they do that. Um, and so that's, that's part of the culture that I think hopefully will change. Mm -hmm.
And while you may not believe it, with all she has going on, Dr. Chen still finds time to enjoy things outside of the hospital. And I like doing, um, you know, boot camp classes. I like doing yoga. Um, I love hiking. Uh, that's an activity that our whole family loves to do. So we love to do that. I like walking my dog. I love reading books. Um, I like reading nonfiction that reads like fiction, if that makes sense. I like to dance. Oh, surprising your residents, too. <laughs> what kind of dancing do you do? Rock and roll. Dancing to <laughs> rock and roll. I went to the Republic of Georgia to give a talk. And uh, one of the first nights, um, you know, they're entertaining these distinguished speakers from the U.S. And you know, they obviously they have this kind of image of who I should be as a professor and, you know, famous surgeon, blah, 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 all this stuff. And at the end of the dinner, the, they had a live band. They started playing this music, and I had just flown 16 hours, so I don't think they, they were, they kept saying, okay, do you need us to take you back to the hotel? Do you need to take us back to the hotel? Are you okay? I was like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. So I got up and started dancing, and they, everyone's jaw just dropped. <laughs> As we come to the end of our interview, Dr. Chen leaves us with a few pieces of advice. I think that you should pick a career or a field that you love, that you're passionate about, because you're going to be working hard no matter what you do. And if you pick something just because it's less busy or more flexible or whatever perception you think, but you don't love it, it's, it's not going to end well for you. Um, and, you know, if you can go to if you can do what you love every day, then that's not really work, right? So I think that's the most common thing that people ask me. It's like, oh, you know, I really want to have a family, and I don't know if I can do this by doing that, and how do you do all this? And really, you just have to, I think you really have to really be truthful to yourself. What do you want to do? What do you love doing? What do you really enjoy doing? Like, you're like oh, wow, that was so cool. And you do a fist pump, you know, just, just, you know, inside you feel like, yeah, that was so cool. If you can find that, then I think everything else will fall into place. Find something that you really love and stick with it and surround yourself with people who will support you in doing that. Thanks for tuning in to today's Wiser podcast. Hope you join us next time for another great interview.